0: Welcome to the Physio Mentor Program, a program designed for physiotherapy private practice owners wanting and needing to outsource the training of graduates within their business. Our mission is to create private practices that you would have wanted to start a career in. Hi, Melissa Salmon here from Physio Mentor. Today we're going to be discussing customer service in private practice, including over and we're also going to finish up with a script for first treatment, follow-up phone calls and follow-up phone calls after cancellations, DNAs and UTAs. So firstly in customer service what are patients really looking for when it comes to a physiotherapy service in a private practice? Then the second question that needs to be asked is what keeps a patient happy with a service and makes them return and return every time that they have an injury. Basically, that's customer service. So if you haven't already had a job to date that deals with customer service, it's not something that you may be accustomed to. You may feel that your personality already leans towards giving out good customer service, but there's a few tips and tricks that you can use in your career from now on that will really make your patients respond to you as a therapist, and also create a recurrent clientele for yourself and have raving customers. So why is customer service a marketing tool? Basically, we must be constantly analyzing our customer service and trying to improve it at all times. And that's not just in a physiotherapy sense, but also in a business model. Anyone who's in a service business you must provide customer service in order to be uh, providing a high standard and also create a happy clientele. So you must invest in customer service, it must be something that you're continually trying to improve. You must always be investing in your people skills and improving your people skills and I think no, no more than in a physiotherapy profession, I think if you don't have people skills then you're probably in the wrong profession to start with. Know your services and products inside out. It's really important that you're confident with what the business provides and what services are on offer, right down to the fine details. And this also goes for stock that you sell in your private practice as well. A buyer will always be more willing to buy from someone who knows and are very confident about their stock and about their services. It's very unnerving when you speak to an employee that is is unsure about the hydrotherapy classes, perhaps that the practice runs, where they run, how much they cost, what's involved, what do I need to bring. A patient is often asking about these things because they want to know and they want to invest in this particular program in a business. But when an employee cannot give the answers they're looking for, then they become reluctant to purchase. Same as stock. I don't know whether you've ever been in to buy a computer and you've dealt with someone that potentially does not really know much about computers. It doesn't instill great confidence to buy from that person. You go to the next shop and you get someone who knows the ins and outs, but can also speak in the language that you understand, which is important, then the sale is made. The next point is know your patients and your staff members. Know who on your staff and what their strengths are. Also know your patients, build relationships, know them by name, say hello when you see them in the waiting room or the gym, even if you're not particularly seeing them for a consult that day, build a relationship with your patient. So why do patients leave a physiotherapy service and particularly in private practice? 68% leave because they have poor customer service. So it's something that we really need to focus on. It's probably not an area that is focused on a great deal in the university curriculum. So you need to hone in on these skills if you're going to be in a private practice sector. So what upsets patients? Firstly, no staff to assist. There's nothing worse than stepping into a private practice and standing at the front counter for a very, very long time with no one even recognising you're there or perhaps even acknowledging with a hello. It's very, very frustrating for a patient and it should never happen in a private practice business. Which moves us on to the next point, whether they're ignored or no attention is given The next point, staff have very little product or practice knowledge, so very important to get in your storeroom, look at the stock that you have on offer, learn the details about it, learn how to measure up for that piece of stock, learn its unique selling points and then also know the costings and know if your patient is eligible for perhaps a a health fund rebate letter because you've prescribed that piece of stock. Know for DVAs or work covers how much stock they are entitled to based on these compensable bodies before they have to pay as well. So just the little details make a big difference in selling stock and also selling yourself and selling services within the business. Staff are rude or talk amongst themselves. Hopefully this doesn't happen. Uh, But at times we've seen in some private practices where staff will be behind the front counter having a discussion about their weekend and there's a patient standing at the front counter waiting to be served and staff are finishing off their conversation prior to serving the patient. It should be number one priority that the moment that customer steps through your door or is standing at your front reception, all conversations cease and they are the absolute priority. Staff practice owner shows no interest in the patient's problems. So it's the whole idea of being a physiotherapist. You have to be concerned with your patient's problems. And we all know that there are some patients that can be very draining and like to offload their problems on us at every consultation. But that's part and parcel of the job. And you have to be a good listener and you have to be able to take that on board and listen to your patients, because half the time that can be part of the treatment process. No return phone call. Us as physios, we we get a bit nervous about calling a patient for follow-up phone calls in fear that we are stalking a patient or pressuring a patient. But in fact, a patient sees it from a different perception. They see it from a side of caring and empathy and they're very much appreciative of these phone calls it's like if you know these days when you go see a doctor and they're very busy people and um, don't have a great deal of time but if you ended up having a phone call from your doctor the next day just to check on you and see how you're going with the new medication perhaps they prescribed you'd be very amazed you'd also be very appreciative and Really be willing to go back and see that doctor because you really thought that they had your best interests at heart. So there's different perceptions. There's our perceptions as a therapist, and then there's a patient's perceptions, and you should never mix the two up. No same day service. Now, as a graduate, you shouldn't really have this problem in the early stages because you're still building a clientele. Hopefully, when you become a very uh, experienced private practitioner and in demand, there'll be no spaces left in your appointment book. But at this point in time, this criteria should uh, fall into your lap because you should be able to provide same day service for a period of time until you're getting on your feet. So why customer service should be a priority? It can make a big difference on whether a patient stays or whether they go based on the experience that you give them in the clinic. Now, Your boss is putting a lot of trust in you as a graduate that the moment you take their customers into that consultation room, it is up to you to provide the customer service and build that relationship with the patient. That's not something that your boss can do. So you need to create that unique experience that makes your patient want to come back and see you. The way we treat our patients can seriously affect either a positive or negative experience and also perhaps even treatment outcomes. A really great patient experience can make someone's day and the reverse can also apply. It's all about how you do it. Patients are people just like us and It's very rare that you would be unreasonable or very unhappy with someone who was doing their absolute best to help you and was going to the the ends of the line to do that. So that's the message you convey to your patient and that's exactly what we do as private practitioners. In a private environment, we go to the next degree to provide the best and ultimate care that we can for a patient. So what are some key points with customer service and take home messages? The patient does not know how busy you are. They just wanna be looked after now and that's really important. I think we can get very flustered and especially as a graduate in private practice and time management is still being learnt. You may be having a bad day, you may have had a lot go on in your day, but it's really important to remain happy, friendly, a smile on your face, and leave your problems at the door because that's what treatment in a healthcare environment is all about, is you creating a positive experience for a patient to improve their well-being. Always make sure that you acknowledge a patient uh, in the waiting room or at the reception counter. If you can see that someone's not being attended to, perhaps offer, hello, how are you going? Are you being looked after? If they say no, look, let me find someone for you who can help you and go and find a reception staff member. The trick is then not to get way late and not follow through. You must find someone and deliver on your promises. Keeping patients waiting can affect their experience and may influence decision as to whether they stay with you or not. As a graduate, you are gonna be running late at times and your time management is not gonna all line up in a day, but it's important that you apologize to a patient Let them know that you're sorry for keeping them waiting so that they know that you value their time as well. Unfortunately, if this continues to go on and you're continually running late, then this apology is very much devalued over time and and the patient then themselves may turn up late to appointments and you really have no leg to stand on to, to warrant not seeing that patient when they turn up late if you've been consistently late over a period of time. It is the primary duty of all employees under a private practice banner to look after your patients first and foremost. They are the customers. Without them, we have no business. We have no job. So look after your patients first and foremost. Make your patients feel like they're family or friends the moment they enter a practice. I've had a, a rural practice in, in a small town over many, many years and that particular relationship building is vital because in a small town everyone knows everyone, word of mouth advertising is key and you must make your patients feel like their family or friends. Think long-term reputation versus short-term profit. Think of how you can create a positive experience for this patient that they'll become a a long-term fan of yours and every time they have an injury you are the person they think of, you are the person they want to see. So how do we deal with an unhappy customer? Hopefully you don't see too many of these or an unhappy case manager for that matter. So in order to change the situation, you must use objective measures and data to explain your case. You have to step out of the scenario and not giving your personal opinions. At times we hear graduates say, I think, or I feel, And this does not instill confidence in a case manager when they're, they're giving out more treatment sessions. So it's really important that you convey the objective data. That way it's got nothing to do with you. It's all about the patient and what they're displaying at this point in time. So bringing together the objective and the subjective data of a patient puts you out of the equation and puts the onus on the patient and how they're performing. When opposed with a tough situation and you don't know how to respond, sometimes you need to ask a question back to these unhappy customers or unhappy case managers in order to get them to validate their case and their problem. So some role playing would be, so can I ask you what makes you feel this is the case? These may be particular questions you're asking to a patient or case manager. Another one might be, so why do you feel this way? Or can you give me more information as to why this is the case? Or perhaps, what objective measures do you base this on? Or even, can I ask your reasons why you don't want to approve any more sessions based on the information I've given you at this stage? Some others are, I'm sorry to hear this, can you explain what happened? or tell me what I could do to improve this situation. Sometimes asking with a question back makes the client or the case manager validate, but also reassess their own problems and why they are unhappy in the first place. So in a case study of customer service or businesses that that do well, I want to talk about a case study of my own which is a little coffee shop that I deal with in a in a small country town and it seems like most businesses in the country town are closing down but this particular coffee shop is thriving it's putting on more staff members it's absolutely busy every time I go in there so I thought to myself they must be doing something that the others are not And when I asked the the owner of the business, here's a few great points that she came up with, with, which I think we can relate to private practice. So always when I go in there to get my coffee, she provides great customer service. The lady at the front counter is always smiling. She's friendly. She knows me by name and she's always up for a chat whether it be about the weather or some recent news she's always up for a chat but it's never negative and it's never chat that leads you onto a path of negativity it's always very positive which is nice great coffee and food served in good time it looks appealing and this is important in a coffee shop we know that we eat with our eyes first so it's same in private business if someone steps into the private practice and you look a bit shabby and and not well-dressed. In healthcare, that makes a big difference. People are looking for cleanliness, sharp, and uh, are very responsive to those little tiny factors. Consistent service and standard every time I go there. Every time I go, I get a great coffee, served in good time, and that's all I can ask for is consistency. The little extras, they go that extra mile. So every coffee they give a little Moorish little homemade biscuit on top of the coffee and that little extra is something that I look forward to each time. But when I asked the, the owner of the business what is their secret and she said look give the people what they want. So that's really important it's not secret it's not rocket science it's give the customer what they're looking for. Now obviously in healthcare we may have some customers that their expectations are not where they should be and we need to educate about those expectations but we need to still work together perhaps sometimes that means giving them a little bit of what they want and then molding them into what we really want them to do in a couple of sessions an alternate case study is perhaps when you go to the doctors so first of all the doctors keep me waiting for hours i've sometimes sat at a doctor's surgery for up to two hours waiting for my appointment time the reception staff uh, should be friendly when you walk in the door i've had some that you know what's your name take a seat and that type of that that does not build a, a good relationship to start with and i think as much as we can't do anything about it as graduates, but you know your reception staff are your first port of call and then you're the next step. So it's important that if someone's had a negative experience with the reception staff, you can turn that around by being very friendly. I really wanna see a doctor who knows me by name and that goes for reception staff as well, especially if I'm a a regular patient. I wanna see a doctor that faces me in his consultation room, chats to me face-to-face, and doesn't just stare at a computer or consistently answer the phone during my consultation. I want the best possible treatment options for the best possible results, no matter the cost. I don't want the budget version that gives me average results as a first option. And I think this is really important. I think as physiotherapists, sometimes we put our own perceptions of financial costs on on our consults and I think we need to step away and realize that this is the patient's perception and what they want and what we want are two totally different things. We don't value our service as much as what a patient does because we do it all day, every day. It's like the mechanic that doesn't value being a mechanic for his car because he could fix it tomorrow. But to me, I value a mechanic when I'm stranded on the side of the the motorway For a few hours at nine o'clock at night. So it depends what value you put on a particular service. But I think always offer the best first because then you cannot get into trouble. Because if you offer the budget first and it doesn't work, and then you say to a patient, Oh well, now we'll do the best, to me as a patient, I'd be thinking, Well, why didn't you do the best first? So always offer the best stock, the best brace the best frequency of sessions, in order to have the best outcome first. I don't want a recipe treatment. I want a treatment that's really tailored to my needs and my condition. And I think as physios, we really try and do that for every particular patient that we see. And I want to get results. That's really important. And in some cases, I will travel wherever I need to travel to in order to get the customer service and the results that I am looking for. So don't be persuaded into thinking that even perhaps you're the only private practice in town so people have to see you. People will travel these days for good service and they will continue to do that. So don't be naive about that and don't be naive that they won't go to another service provider. There's a lot of competition in in the healthcare field these days. So let's move on to over-servicing, which falls under the banner of customer service. So like we've said, there's lots of competition out there for physiotherapy or like-minded therapy, such as chiros, osteopaths, massage therapists. So patients can readily find another therapist that will be hands-on or provide them with the service that they're looking for patients these days are well educated and connected when it comes to their health so they're very picky and they know what they want before they even turn up at our doorsteps so that's why we're saying it's important that you do give the customer and forf- fulfill some of their expectations and then you can educate and mold as to where you're headed and progressing with treatment after that over is providing perhaps ineffective treatment or treatment that's not maintaining a condition or changing a condition over a period of time and over servicing is one-sided it's where one party is deciding that the treatment will continue and both parties aren't happy about that and we'll talk about that a little bit more in a minute. So how can you limit overservicing? Well graduates Rarely over-service is, if anything, we find you more so under-service than over-service because of the fear of over-servicing more so. So weekly peer reviews or, or getting in touch with a senior physio is really important, whether that be by phone or by emailing us here at Physio Mentor. Weekly staff meetings to discuss difficult or complex cases, Discussing the management of patients that have received more than four consultations in a clinic with no change in symptoms and talking about where to go next. Discussing other options, whether it be referring on for investigations or or medical reviews. But the main thing is keeping the patient in the loop, keeping the patient informed and in control of their own medical management and working together as a team. If you always do that, then you'll never be overservicing. Both parties need to be happy. So what factors explain the number of physiotherapy treatments that we should be giving patients? Well a study was done um, on lower back pain patients and the conclusion was that treatment sessions in patients with lower back pain depends on patient characteristics. So more variation needs to be explained how to improve the transparency of care and this is why it's such a gray area in our field but future research should examine the contribution of psychosocial factors baseline disability and the ability to learn motor behavior such as exercises when it comes to variation of treatment sessions so i don't think there's ever one hard and fast rule about how many sessions are required for different conditions because it's very variable based on your patient's characteristics. In this study the mean number of treatment sessions for therapists treating low back pain was around 10 and these are experienced therapists so you can imagine as a graduate that potentially you would be seeing a patient more than that amount of time. Patients with subacute or chronic complaints received 2.3 sessions more compared to patients with acute complaints. Patients who were referred by medical specialists received 4.2 sessions more compared to patients referred by GPs. And patients who had prior therapy for the same or other complaints received 1.2 sessions more compared to patients who did not have prior therapy. So there's a lot of factors that decide how many sessions a patient needs. Basically it's a discussion we need to have about our own profession. I think we have, physios have a real fear of over servicing, and yet other professions are taking us over by storm and leading the way in regards to injury management, particularly chiro's and osteopaths. And, and we will get left behind if we have a true fear of over servicing and are always under servicing our patients. So there's a quote here from Sarah Key, a physiotherapist, in regards to a response uh, in the UK that physios in the local area health authority were not to touch their patients with spinal treatment because of the fear it made them too dependent. Instead, they were given exercises to go home and manage on their own. Now, this amazes me because I think when it comes to weight loss or getting fit, We understand that you may need to see a personal trainer and you need to see them quite frequently to have results and you know that's expected that you would have to see them for at least six weeks in order to change your body and yet as physios sometimes we hear from graduates that that seems like over servicing to see someone perhaps three times a week and for six weeks and yet In order to make a change in our bodies for weight loss that's perfectly acceptable so i think we need to put it in perspective and i think we're trying to put too much pressure on ourselves to treat people in a minimal amount of time and we're also expecting our patients to take on the treatment on their own when they've come to us for help they need help they need motivation not everyone is motivated i know most physios probably are but our regular patients are not and they do need our assistance and our help, and that's what they've come to us for. So don't be too quick to get rid of your patients. The Australian Standards for Physiotherapy by the Physio Council, page 59 document, standard 8, evaluate the effectiveness and efficiency of physiotherapy intervention. One of the paragraphs for deciding on this factor is recognising whether further physiotherapy intervention will and will not affect a significant change in clinical presentational function. Now I thought that was interesting because it was significant change. What about the patients that we just want to maintain? So in example of the weight loss situation, you go to the gym, you lose the amount of weight that you need to lose. You're not aiming to create significant change after that. You're aiming to maintain that level. And sometimes you do need to continue to see a personal trainer to keep you your body at that level because it needs to be challenged in different ways in order to maintain that level over time. So I think we always think we have to create significant change in our patients, but sometimes when we get them to a certain level, we just need to maintain the good that we've created and that also needs some treatment as well and some management. Craig Ellingham discusses uh, about over a private client and we've touched on that in uh, previous weeks but you'll see in the powerpoint presentation notes attached his article and it's a very good article because it discusses from whose perspective is over servicing a problem and the final note that he explains that if you can't explain to a professional colleague why the client is attending then they probably shouldn't be and i think that's exactly where we need to be coming from so let's move on to follow-up phone calls and giving you some scripts as to how to tackle a follow-up phone call so you don't get on the phone and umming and ahring and and sound unconfident to your patients treat the follow-up phone calls as a caring phone conversation that you would have with your best friend if you just saw them for physiotherapy so for instance hi is that jane yes it is jane it's mel from body fix physio how are you oh hi Mel, I'm good. Look this is just a quick phone call just to see how you went after your first treatment that you did this morning. How are you feeling? And Jay might reply with fine but I'm not feeling any change or better yet or it may be feeling better already or it might actually be I'm actually feeling quite sore. They may be the three responses that she comes up with. So your responses to that could be okay Just as I would suspect, Jane, you know, you've had your lower back pain for some time now and I wouldn't expect any change as of yet. Or the next one would be, that's great that you're feeling better already, but don't get too excited as you've had this back pain for some time now and it may just be a bit short lived, but we'll keep working. We're in the right track. Or the last one might be, you've had that back pain for some time now and we've gone in there and stirred things up a little bit. So I would expect that you may be a bit sore and hence why I'm giving you this phone call. Not to worry. I see you next session is tomorrow at 3pm. So we'll see you then and we'll manage manage changing the treatment to adjust so that perhaps you're not as sore next time. And Jane says, yes, that's right. The physio says, see you then, Jane. Thanks for calling. So you can see that the different scenarios and how you would tackle them. And it's a very brief phone call and basically reassuring the patient, depending on option one, two or three, that they're in the right hands and you will manage them correctly. A follow-up phone call if a patient cancels or DNAs and UTAs might be slightly different in the way that a patient may be cancelling because they're not feeling any change or any better so they didn't think it was working so they cancelled on their own accord and I think if your patients are doing this then you need to backtrack and look at how you're educating your patient keeping your patient in the loop and always having these discussions because it shouldn't be a matter of a patient cancelling on you like that over the phone through reception it should be that this discussion is had with you in rooms so that you, then you can take it one step further It may be that they've had great change, they're feeling great, 100%, no pain, so they've decided that they don't need any more sessions and that can be fine, Uh, reassuring the patient that yes, that's really good. Hopefully it's not short-lived and it is long-term at this stage. It is still early days, but if you need to see me again, you know where I am. I'll probably give you just a follow-up phone call in another month just to make sure that everything's still on track. that way you keep them in your system. If you ring in a month's time and they're not 100%, then you can get them back in and get them started again or the last one might be that they just purely forgot so this phone call from you jogs their memory to make another session so in that case you would say look let me put you onto one of our receptionists and they can book you a suitable time be great to see you again I was worried when um, I didn't see you in my appointment book